welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational and entertaining auto detailing podcast, hosted by Marshall Hill of Total Auto Solutions and DJ Patterson of Eco Green Mobile Detailing. Grab a pint and enjoy. Hey, detailers, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. Oh, I think you're going to really enjoy this episode. You know what else you're going to enjoy? If you like cold beer and community, then you're going to enjoy the Zoom Virtual Pub. Yes, Zoom Virtual Pub meeting ID every Wednesday at 730 Central. Hop on to Zoom. Use meeting ID 918-800-1188. Hey, come have a beer wherever you're at. It's literally like you're just drinking a beer with other detailers. So wherever you're at, hop into Zoom, whether that's on your phone, laptop, whatever. Drink cold beer with detailers from around the country. It's a great time. It's a community Zoom virtual pub Wednesday, 730 Central, meeting ID 918-800-1188. And I will see you there. Welcome to another edition of Helping Young Detailers, and we are, uh, let's see, Nick, it is uh, the middle of June, right on the dot. How's your month going? Uh, We are on track, knock on wood, to have our best month ever right now. Hey, congratulations. uh, Yeah, we're just, you know, we're just going to keep plugging away, and I just had a, a meeting with my guys today about it. Hey. Must be thankful. Hard work is paying off. Some marketing's paying off, and we're just going to keep plugging away and hoping, you know, that that everything stays the way it is. Cool. That's awesome. Uh, any fun news out of Vegas besides that? Mobile Tech Vegas has decided to go ahead and announce that they are going to be rolling again. So yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a lot of things are going to cancel. Uh, I don't know if a lot of things are going to be put on exactly how they would be. Uh, but it doesn't seem like people want to cancel. Look, it, you know, none of us know the reality of this virus or what it was or what it isn't. You know, for those that watch the news all day, they, they seem to have a bigger opinion than guys like you and I. But uh, at the end of the day, business is going to have to go on. Uh, casinos are open here. Casinos are very busy in certain parts of the city. Uh, videos of just massive amounts of people. So, you know, let's all just hope that that, that we can see this thing go back to normal and you know, again, when that unemployment starts to run out, I think we're going to have a different discussion. But like I said, we're just taking it in stride and working as hard as we can. You know, it, this is a uh, this is a comment that I really felt for the different people that I heard say this. Um, but, you know, my daughter's in town. We needed to grab some stuff, ran over to Walmart. You know, that's just what you do here in Oklahoma. I run down to the Walmart. Sure. And, uh we got in there and uh, multiple times heard people talking about, um, you know, they got one more coming or, you know, they're about to run out of this money that came from here. Like you could just hear it when they were trying to look at stuff. And it was just oof, like, just, you know, you just had that. Mm, like a lot of people have been relying on this and they've enjoyed these good couple of months of, uh, Cool. Uh, so it's good to see detailers that had closed down and had relied on some stimulus money, but there was a group of them that just stayed going. And even especially those that 
closed and reopened, like I think they got a better jump. Could you imagine now where we're at in June, right? Hearing people like that, that we're on a different side. Could you, could you imagine having your business still closed and trying to reopen? No, and I, I think for most of those people, it's not going to happen. Uh, you know, I, unfortunately, I think the smart decision is going to be to stay closed permanently, that you're too far underwater, or, you know, we hear that from businesses here that aren't, aren't detailing. Uh, I do know a couple of detailers locally that just say enough's enough, like, hey, times are good, but I'm just kind of tired. And, you know, this kind of took a lot out of me, and my family wants me to do something else, whatever the case may be. And, and I, I think here's the thing, man, it's, it's, this was a weird thing. And, you know, I want to touch on something because you brought up other detailing businesses. Do you remember when I told you the rules to that uh, money that the government gave you could possibly change? Well, what's been the last two weeks? Uh, we're going to change the rules of that money we gave you. Uh, so for all those people that were in my DM saying, oh, you know, it's in writing. When the government puts something in writing to you, they are the ultimate people that can change the rules. And that's what they're doing. Uh, so I hope everybody's keeping up with that fine print. I know that's not what we're here to talk about today, but just wanted to remind people, I told you that the rules would change and they changed real quick. So do you know what changed? They're, they're trying to allow more flexibility in those rules. But if you followed the rules, you've already spent the money. So it doesn't really help you. Uh, I know several companies here, guys that are clients of mine that have kept the money in their account because they didn't know how to disperse it properly. It may work for them but it ultimately could backfire on them and they could owe interest on that money as long as they've held it. Um, so the rules just change. This is the big thing about taking a loan from the government, from your mother, from your aunt, from anybody. When you owe money, the people that lent you the money make the rules, not you. And we had a lot of guys reach out. I didn't tell you not to take the money. I told you that the rules would change. I didn't think they would change within 60 days, but they're changing now. So just something kind of small to think about. Yeah. That's uh, that's good insight, man. I really appreciate that because uh, we did talk about that. So that's a good follow up. Good follow up. Uh, we have we have talked, uh, you know, on the side about how we both had projected what we needed to do as a company through April, May, and you know, here we are, June, and it was crazy to think about that was just a couple months ago, but we knew that we were gonna go through some shit and yeah. We knew that stuff would happen, and there's without a doubt, my company is different. Like we have definitely, definitely came out of Corona a much different company. Um, yeah, we have. And, and look, I you and I've talked aside. Like, yeah. um, and and by the way, it's not a bad thing. We actually no. have come yeah. out. We've come out more, uh, you know, more direct on what we want as a company. Uh, what we're not going to stand for, how we're going to price things, what things we really want to be doing more of, uh, you know, those types of things, you know, tough times. That's if you don't take those times. And again, we never really, we didn't lose very much. Um, I just took the time that, that, that was going on to, to, to evaluate my business. You know, we never shut down. We didn't struggle. Uh, we didn't, you know, lay a bunch of people off. You know, we, we really just kind of fought through it to the best of our ability. But that does, it did make me look at, hey, let's look at this service. Let's look at this service. Do we want to be doing this anymore? Do we want to do more of this? Um, so I think it, it always helps you. Uh, for those that didn't take this time to reflect a little bit, I think that's a mistake. But, you know, to each their own. Well, here we are in the middle of June. 
and uh, we have continued to progress through the series of helping young detailers. Yeah. And uh, we're in a little topic right now on some fake trainings. And uh, we, we talked last week uh, about uh, some interesting theories, you know, that uh, we can get indoctrinated into. Yeah. And uh, this week we want to discuss uh, a group in a sense of multiple different groups, it's Facebook groups. Uh, how Facebook groups have, uh, well, they are a massive part of our industry, the communication with inside our industry. And if we wanna dive into how do Facebook groups present false trainings, I think we could go through a slew of discussions, a slew yeah. of discussions. Right. Um, and in false trainings, like we talked about, isn't necessarily like uh, maybe a, hey, do this, but it's wrong. Right. There's there's false trainings that just get indoctrinated into us because we're constantly seeing something. We're constantly being fed. Right. So you look at some of these Facebook groups and you kind of dive back. Well, one of them is just wide open. Right. It's, it tells you the group. It's the auto. Yeah. Group, right. Yep. Auto Geek yep. Forum, and that's been a, a big way that they market over the years, talking uh, with them over the past. Uh, yeah. Mike Phillips, the way he really got his start was writing and going into those early forums. And yeah, so that, that, that's the important part to bring up. The Facebook group is now the modern forum. Yep. For those young detailers that never really experienced Auto Geek's full-blown forum, back in the day, that's where Mike Phillips really gar garnered a lot of notoriety. Uh, the, the modern platform just happens to be Facebook. Right, so before it was just a, you would go to, I think you would go to autogeek.com. Auto Geek. Yeah. You, know, you would go to their website and you would go into these big group forum chats. It kind of evolved out of, did, did you ever get early when you were, uh, it would have been, like 92, 93, did you get out of the AOL and get onto those forums? And, yeah, and you had like uh, Yahoo had chat room. They were called yeah. like chat rooms, but they would just kind of log everything. So, you know, again, the reason we're bringing it up this way is because we know a lot of young detailers just think Facebook groups are the thing. Well, those are, are ev Facebook didn't invent that. It, you know, it's it's been invented a long time. They just kind of put it on the modern platform, that's all. That's why we're giving that backstory. Right, and 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 the idea that you know they progress what AutoGeek has done extremely well at, right, is they have progressed through the different platforms, and and they are thriving with a massive platform on their AutoGeek. Uh, you know, they're they're basically it's their forum on uh, on Facebook. The yeah. the other interesting ones that you once you dive into them a little bit. And you wonder, well, where did this one come from? Why did this one create? Um, I mean, a, a big one that that we've seen is uh, the Dallas paint correction. That was been an interesting one to be a part of. Um, what seemed to be a journey, and then then there was a product switch, right? Didn't that? Did yeah, that it was. Yeah, it was. Uh... You know, again, you know, for those that don't know, I'm not going to sit here. I actually got off Facebook personally because I thought this stuff was kind of destructive. Um, you know, so yeah, there's a perfect example. Uh, my understanding, a gentleman started making YouTube videos, then magically had a product line, 
and had some problems with the product line and switched stuff on the product line and started making towels and you know white maybe wasn't making as much facebook or uh youtube videos but he's making some and then it just from my understanding from everybody i talked to it's just kind of been a full blown out people just go in there and say whatever they want uh about detailing and it can get pretty heated and i don't know that much comes out of these forums and, and facebook groups but that seems to be you know another one that just you know has popped up i you know i don't know yeah um i i enjoy being a part of them and i enjoy the interactions i just like to start to dive in and kind of see why the groups are there um the detailing for money is an interesting one too um you know there's there's a bunch of different ones do you know much background about the detailing for money one no but i mean this goes into the indoctrination one the indoctrination thing we're talking about training happens if you're spending your time thinking you're taking in information that's valuable for your business that's a form of training and so these facebook groups get brought up to you and i a lot by young guys oh i was in this facebook group and i saw this well to say that that stuff doesn't matter, and that's what you always hear. It's like, oh, you know, that's just a small part of the industry. Well, it really isn't. No, it's really if not. Some, if, yeah. if somebody's taking this information and asking me questions on it, they're legitimizing that information because they've already believe it enough to ask me a question about it. So it's the same as going to a training. It really is. That's why we're so, you know, last week we had Carnub on and we talked about YouTube. and if you go on YouTube and somebody is presenting themselves as a professional on how you make money in your business, yet they don't have a thriving business and you don't know that, they are indoctrinating you, making you believe that they have an answer to a question that you have. So it's the same as going to a training and raising your hand and saying, hey, Marty, you're putting this training on. Can you tell me about X, Y, and Z? What's the difference? It's just happening on a different platform. You know, the platform used to be in a meeting room. Now the platform is through your phone or through your laptop or through your iPad, it's still training. And so many guys don't understand, I'm going on detailing for money and I'm spending these hours on there. And from my understanding, I've talked to a lot of people that have spent hours upon hours in these Facebook groups. Yeah. Is that as valuable as spending other time on your business? I don't know. I would probably tell you not. And I think that's an interesting jumping off point that people don't realize they're being indoctrinated in these types of groups for better and worse. I'm not saying there isn't some decent information. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying to tell yourself that you aren't being indoctrinated when I'm getting multiple questions every week on a YouTube video, on a forum, on a, on a, on a Facebook group, on all these different platforms. And somebody's bringing me a question they directly saw on those things. I think we need to lay that out for people a little clearly and hopefully, hopefully that's why, People understand why we're having the conversation. I don't know if we made it clear enough the last couple of weeks. We believe this is a new form of training and you should take it very seriously who you're getting the information from. Mm -hmm. And to be careful, right? That's just all we're saying. Yes. Not 100%. that any of them's wrong. Like, I'm going to still be a part of them all. I like them. You know, I still, yeah. I'm going to go into Dallas Paint Correction and leave comments and, and read what people write. And I've literally have found that it is a major part of our industry that the communication that goes on inside these groups are extremely valuable, that it's a lot of times is real discussion of, hey, I've got this issue, anybody help? And they do provide some really good information. Now you gotta dig through all the bullshit and 
you know, well, what wax do I put on a black car? I mean, no, yeah. you know, yeah. so there's, there's, there is some, some stuff you got to kind of weed through it in and out, but I, I didn't used to get on them. I didn't know, like, I, it just wasn't for me. I have now enjoyed being a part of them and, and I've enjoyed learning right alongside people and trying to understand why they do this or why somebody does that. So, but you, but you also have, and this is why we're specifically talking to the young people in this, this industry getting their start. You also have a decade of wading through the BS in this industry. The reason you can get value out of those groups so quickly is because you know on the face of it what is nonsense. If you're just getting started though, and you look back when you got started, hell, I'd have gotten one of these groups and believed anything. I was just getting started. I didn't know anything. I just wanted to gather information. And so that's what the young guys that get started, young gals that get started here, we want to get across. Don't go into these groups and think that 90% of it's good information. Think the other way. 90% of it's just information that's not valuable. Look for the 10%. You just have been trained by being in an industry long enough of finding that 10% at a much quicker rate than a beginner. Right. I mean, and that's what I was saying. You got to weed through, right? You can't just look at every single thing and, and, and read it all and study it every single bit of it, because that's where I'm saying the indoctrination, uh, a lot of false information for you as a business owner happens at those points. And the reason why I say false information is because you might not need it. That might yep. not be for you. It might not even be relevant. And you could chase down a rabbit trail that goes and leads you nowhere because you read it on one of these groups. A lot of the information you shouldn't even look at, you should only go into them for certain bits of if you're going to consume, right? Now, if you want to be a contributor, that's different. But I mean, as a business owner and you go to a Facebook group and consume information, be careful what you're consuming. Yeah, that's agreed. It. it might not be relevant. And, and, and take the 90-10 rule. 90% of it does not pertain to you. Look for 10% of it. And then when you do think somebody has a great point and you do keep finding that this person has information that's relevant to you, do some background. You know, uh, email them. Hey, you know, I'm starting my company. What size is your company? You know, this is what I want to do in the future. What I find is people just take too much face value there. So if you really find somebody that you think can help with your business, send them an email you know, hey, I, I keep seeing, you know, so-and-so is posting here and he's really on the trail of what I'm thinking about here. You know, I want to see what part of the trail he is. Uh, don't just sit back. Um, if somebody, if you feel like somebody's got information that can help you and they consistently have that, now you got to go do some work and find out, is that person really the road I want to go down? What do they see? Trade information. Look, that's how we've all gotten better. Um, you know, you and I just trade information. That, that's, that's all that this is. We, we trade information through text, through DM. We'll, we'll call each other. We trade information about everything. Um, and that relationship happened from, hey, saw your products online. Uh, so I want people to realize that. Don't just, if you think something can be valuable to you, chase it a little bit. Send an email to that person or that company or whatever and start digging into that relationship and find out if it can help you because you're going to find out quick. You're going to find out much quicker if they have information that's helpful to you. Yeah, good point. So one of the big things that I always read when I'm looking through these Facebook groups is a thing that then we hear in our training classes that we lead when we do pop-up trainings or here at our shop, whatever, right? There's always the question of 
well, why is everybody concerned about price? Why is everybody going to pay me this? I got to know my worth. You know, there's a company trying to push, know your worth. Like, well, yeah, you know, silly. price is always an issue. And, and, and that's what I think is a, a very, very valuable thing for detailers to realize. Uh, we are a service-based business. Um, they, the customers many times have reasons they choose our service. Sometimes that's on quality. Sometimes that's convenience. Sometimes that's, you can go down through a list. Yeah. But Nick, how do you feel that price? Why do you think price is always going to be an issue for detailers? Uh, well, this is a pretty simple philosophy that I've had for a while now and you and I have talked about is you and I don't train customers. Customers are trained by the big things they purchase every day. So Walmart, Amazon, uh, you know, Target, they all sell really cheap goods. You know, let's just be very frank about it. We all shop there. Uh, we all have stuff in our house from those places, but they sell cheap trinkets that America's addicted to, right? I mean, let's be very frank. You know, people buy, when you can buy a TV for 500 bucks and it's 70, 70 inches, I mean, it, it's absurd, right? And, and, it, and it's great for us, and I'm, I'm not going to sit here and knock any of it. But guess what? That trains you as a customer to immediately go to Amazon, type in T-shirt, and they start giving you the most affordable ones. Because Amazon knows, their algorithm knows, most people want the cheapest T-shirt they can buy. So if I'm selling detailing or I'm selling landscaping or I'm selling pool, pool stuff, doesn't matter, right? If I'm selling a service, I am not influencing that customer, Walmart, Target, and Amazon are. And I have to realize that. And that's why so many guys, I think, struggle because they don't realize that you've got to educate that consumer double, triple, quadruple what you did 20 years ago. Because they don't understand anything but shopping price. That's just a fact. It, does, it doesn't matter. The only reason you and I know not to shop price when we call places is because we own a business. If you didn't own a business, you'd pick up the phone and do the same thing everybody else does. The only thing that changed your behavior, Marty, was you own a business. And you get those annoying calls. And you're like, these people don't even realize the mistakes they're making. Because, here's a great example. We know not to shop on strictly price, but the vast majority of people have never experienced the phone calls you and I get every day. So how do they know? How do they know? Well, Amazon, Walmart, and those types of places say, hey, come in and pick out the cheapest thing that fits your budget. So when they call about their car, and they may have a million dollars in the bank. They may have $10 million in the bank. They may have $1,000 in the bank. Everybody's number is different. And so they're going to call you and say, how much? And in their head, they have a number that will get them to say yes. And a lot of times in detailing, it's like 50 bucks, right? Like, oh, yeah. Hey, $50. I'll do that, right? That seems to be the magical number of these types of people. But guess what? Those are the things you got to take seriously of. I already know I got to educate people all day, every day. 
if you come to grips with that and you start speaking in education instead of being pissed off you got those phone calls, you're going to close a lot more deals. As soon as somebody calls and asks me what, what is the price, do I give that roll of the eyes you know, behind the scenes? Sure, I think we all do, it's human nature, okay? But Marty, if you just immediately get off price, I always ask the same thing. Hey, I appreciate your call, how'd you get a hold of us? Did you get a referral, did you see us online? I'm just kind of curious, Mrs. Smith. That price conversation's gone. Now I'm leading the conversation. And now I can get into education and question asking and all these different things. So stop asking yourself in these Facebook groups. I know you've told me this before. This is a huge topic. This conversation will never, ever, ever in the history of the world go away again. This exists for the rest of time. Yeah. Get the customer on the phone off the conversation as fast as possible to you controlling the conversation. And you can absolutely get rid of those types of conversations in your business altogether. I don't have a bunch of price conversations, Marty, because I lead it right away from it. What kind of car do you drive? Is it a daily driver? Is it, I mean, I just go down the question rabbit hole. Price is the last thing from their mind now. Guys, you're on these Facebook groups and you're talking about the $10 detailer down the street or whatever it is that's, that's said a thousand times a day in those groups. That stuff is never going away. But your way of education is something you can work on every single day. How do I educate my customer to buy quality, to buy quality, to buy quality? Yeah, and I think that's been a lot of the pushback from other detailers of why they shouldn't be in those Facebook groups is they're wasting too much time worried about somebody else's business and not spending the time working on their own. And that tends to be a problem uh, for a lot of young detailers early in detailing because yep. we are so trained, we're indoctrinated by a lot of these groups to be concerned about what other people are doing because yep. so-and-so down the street just posted this really awesome 50-50 and it was in this really cool car, so he must be killing it. I've got to then kill it myself, and I've got to do this. And they might journey down that rabbit trail too of trying to compete. And we call them keyboard warriors. But yep. you know, there's a lot of that mentality that's just been indoctrinated into the competitive lifestyle of detailing, right? Because if I can produce these results, I don't want somebody else to. I want to be the main dog. And, and yeah. many times that just gets brought up in these and they're not really working on their business. They're just no. back and forth trying to see who can compete. Yeah. And I yeah. get it. And, you know, and, it is what it is. But, but again, the, over, the, the overarching point here that we're trying to make so everybody understands is you don't control that the customer's built this way. Right. This is just what the world is giving you. So the conversation kind of ends there if you just accept it. If you just accept the reality that Amazon is going to drive human behavior much more than John's detailing in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and you just say, hey, I can't battle against what Amazon's putting into the world, all I can do is redirect the customer to the proper conversation. That's all I'm telling you. Get people to the proper conversation. You've solved the problem. Now, do we get calls, and we get a lot of calls every week. We're so grateful as a company to get as many calls as we do. Are a lot of people never going to pay our price? You betcha. That's the other part of this conversation that young detailers got to get over. 
I'm okay with people saying, no, it doesn't work for me. I don't take it personally. It's their decision. Do I sometimes feel like they're making a bad decision? Yeah, I do. Because I, I trust in our company, our loyalty from the customers we have proves we do a great job. We have the, you know, some of the most knowledgeable people in the marketplace. Uh, we got the most years probably in the business in this marketplace. Yeah, I feel like they're making a mistake. But I'm also seasoned enough to move on. Okay? That person is not right for our business and we're not right for them. Okay? It's okay. And a lot of times you've, you've dodged a bullet. Now, if you can never close a sale, your prices are too high and you're not preventing, you know, presenting enough value. And this is the next part of it. You've gone to a coding training and they said charge $5,500 for a correction in coding. And you're five minutes into the business and you have no Rolodex of people to charge and you have no contacts and you don't even, nobody even knows who you are. And so you've gotten bad advice. There's a very fine line here that a lot of young guys don't realize. There is a, such a thing as being too high priced. And I have talked to a bunch of young detailers, believe it or not, that are way too overpriced. Their talent isn't up to that level. Their experience isn't up to that level. Their polishedness as coming across on the phone isn't up to that level. So you're never going to make 200 bucks an hour if you can't speak on the phone and close somebody on the phone and come across as intelligent, come across as polished, and come across as you've been doing this a long time because guess what you have? So understand what the Facebook group's not going to tell you. There's a fine line in all of this, okay? Always analyze why you maybe drop the sale, but analyze it for five minutes, not for five years on a Facebook group, okay? Just move on, okay? And realize great detailing companies don't close every sale. It just doesn't happen. So don't, stop chasing that. Stop getting worked up about what some, somebody didn't purchase from you. Put your best foot forward. If you get all no's, you got a problem. But if you're getting yeses at a pretty good clip, with the nose, you're doing something right. And so let the nose just move away from your business. All right, so let's talk some reality though. Let's talk some real life in a sense um, and, and go through some practical steps for guys that if they're really considering changing their price or changing their packages or, or maybe they're saying, hey, yeah, I'm getting a lot of people and all they wanna do is ask about price and, and then they could be, well, and normally their price is too high uh, or they're not closing enough sales. I'd like to go over some real, you know, some real practical things. And I think one of the best things for detailers and especially companies uh, to do is provide the most value to their customers, right? As sure. a customer, when I purchase something, Many times it's based on, well, I see this one here and I got this price here. Well, what's in this that maybe I want this versus that, right? So I'm picking through a package, whether that be at a restaurant, fast food place, right. uh, a landscaper or whatever, just me as a consumer, I like to pick through packages. I like to see, well, if this one has this, well, this one's at this price, maybe it gets enough. Okay, yeah. I want to do that one. Uh, and so I think a really practical thing for detailers and companies, detailing companies to do is offer more value propositions inside packages that they want to sell, right? You and I were talking off air, which kind of led to this, this run of, uh, of a discussion 
of, all right, if guys are really concerned about price, let's look at some options. And you're going to, you know, express one thing. I'm going to say, hey, look at your packages that you're offering. See where you can move customers, right? And one practical thing that detailers, just a, a little info that I got, this was a cool thing for me that I learned 2006. We're building a car wash, right? I'm transitioning out of a mobile detailer for about three years into ownership and management in a car wash. And we're sitting down to pick out what our packages are going to be. So they look at me. I take my, what I've been doing, and we go over what I want to do at the wash through the detail shop. And inside of that group that I had as owners and partners was a guy named David Davis. David was the, basically, let's just put it this way, he ran cricket communications for the country, right? And so we really dove into heavily how to set your packages up and lead customers to the package that actually is the most profitable for you, okay? So... For instance, if, if what is it that you really like to do on a car that not only you enjoy, but it actually brings you the most money. So then you would put that package more in that, let's say if you have four, you'd probably put it in that third and you would start yep. here, move them quickly to that one is the one you want to go to. Uh, the, the idea was you sell more by selling high first, right? So yep. Start Good, your better, packages as, as high as you can yeah. um, and then lead your customer to where you think that sweet spot's going to be. Of course, you'll make a ton up here, but more hitting this mark more often will produce you better results for your customer as well as better results for you as your business. If it's yeah. three, you know, most likely it's going to be that second one, the middle, right? Yeah. But that fitting that package and putting your first you know, high out, middle, and then go through is a good way of doing it. And so you put in, in that package, right? Maybe if we're talking just detail, right? And you talk full detail with every single thing we have at the first, but you really want to do your number two and three, which might be a express detail and a wax or yeah. express, coding. you know, yeah. detail and coding, right? Like that, that right there is going to be a big sweet spot that you'll hit more of. You don't really want to get the washing backs and the little interest yeah. stuff. So you don't really talk about that much. And you put that as a little bit higher price than to try and discourage them away from that. Yep. And encourage that middle where you like. So you get high up here, low here, but push that up. And that's going to be your sweet spot in your packaging. So Yeah, so it's good. It's, it's the good, better, best model. You should always, if you're starting as a young detailer, think of everything in. Uh, this package is good. This package is better. This is my best, this is my top end package, okay? Um, so what Marty's telling you to do is your middle package in this package model he's discussing should always present the most value for two people, the customer and you. Yes. You should be making a huge profit margin on that, on that middle one and they should be getting a huge value on that. Um, that's, that's how you make that model work. Because yeah. you gotta make sure that I'm bringing a ton to the table for them but I'm also making a lot as a company to, to propel my company forward. You're not making a lot of it to just, you know, sit on the money. That, that's how you propel a company. Get your profit, put it back in. Get your profit, put it back in. 
if you're running everything off that bottom package, you're going to really struggle. So yeah, you're going to really struggle. And and in car washing, we saw it. If, I don't know if you had it out there in Vegas. It was big here and through the Midwest. Three dollar car washes. Yeah, we we saw a little bit of them. You saw them. You know, they raised their price pretty quick. They didn't last too long at three. Their average went up, and they had to fluctuate. But the idea, especially in packaging out express washes, is not just that people are going to end up in that middle, but what can you put in there that they really want to see yeah. and what stands out that yeah. you don't really, you don't have a lot into that. And and so, for instance, in detailing, once again, if we go full detail, is going to have everything, that second to third package you should do, especially today, an entry-level coding at a... Yeah. At a, at such an incredible value proposition to your customer, and let's say it's $300, $400 less than that big, big coating that you like to put on, right? And you do a $200 one down here, you only, you know, you, you make a shit ton off of that. They're happy, you're yeah. happy. That's a very, it's a very good way of, yeah. of, of crossing that price gap creating value proposition in those mid-range and, and yeah. that should be where you basically basically just shoot your market and just keep having. yeah and, and that and 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 so so people know where we're coming from we're trying to give some practical knowledge around the question of you know I get price I get price they just ask price they just ask price um, you know so I'm gonna bring a real life example for us is that we never really ran into dog hair you know, it's just not part of our business. And it's an interesting value proposition when you got to start charging people for dog hair removal that you've never really charged. Yeah. And so, you know, we started looking at our pricing model and we're like, you know, we're not really charging enough to remove dog hair. Like this is just a lot of work and guys are sweating and they're tearing the carpet up in the back, you know, carpets as cheap as it's ever been in some of these vehicles, even expensive vehicles that back carpet in those SUVs is so bad. Uh, it's, it's worse than it's ever been. It's really shocking. And, and this was brought to my attention from my team. It's like, you got to really look at this. You know, I could really tear this vehicle up. It was an Audi Q5. And I look at the carpet and I go, oh my God, this carpet, next time we do this, the, this carpet is going to come off. Yeah. Like there is no more getting dog hair out. And he goes, oh, you know, we got to charge more, man. This is just taking it out of us. And Folks, this is what happens when your business gets bigger. You, you, you just, you learn on the fly even, even 10 years in, you know, you're like, Hey, you know, you're right. We didn't look at this hard enough. We didn't, this wasn't a part of our business. We didn't do a lot of dog hair removal. So I'd actually talk to the customer. I talked to the customer. I said, Hey man, you know, we're going to have to charge you for this dog hair removal. I don't know what took place. He's like, yeah, we've been going to the dog park more, but gives me his whole spiel. And I, and I go, hey, man, we're going to have to charge you 100 bucks to remove this. This is, like, really in bad shape. And, and look, we're going to tear your car up if we keep doing this. we got to find a solution. He goes, hey, we won't put the dog in there anymore. Runs in the house. And I'm like, oh, this dude's pissed. You know, I, I could just feel it. He rolls out. He goes, dude, can't thank you enough. Dog won't be in there. I said, wait a minute. I said, there's a solution here. But you can have the dog in the vehicle. You just can't have the dog in the vehicle the way you have it now. And so we came up with matting and things he could buy for his car that we literally just pull out shake off and the problem is solved that guy is so extremely happy i can't tell you been my client a long time yeah. he's so pumped up he's like dude this is great we solved the problem i can't believe we had dog hair you know i 
I, I don't know how I lived without these things that you guys suggested. Well, guess what, folks? That's bringing value, as stupid as it sounds. Okay, and I know a lot of young guys are gonna be like, oh, that's BS, but I'm, I'm telling you, this is what ultimately brings value. This is why really successful people hire you and keep you for years and years and years because when they have a problem with their car, you solve it, okay? Now, is this the biggest problem in the world? No, but was it a problem? The answer is it absolutely was. It was gonna tear this guy's car up, a car that he loves, that he loves driving, uh, that his wife loves driving, that they love taking their dog in. So we provided a solution. I didn't tell him to go look online. We provided the solution. Here's what I would do. Here's exactly what you should do. It was done. The next day, it was on its way to him, right from Audi, boom, they've solved the problem. Many guys think that there's some secret that they're going to find somewhere. Okay, you and I talked about this. They're going to read something. They're, folks, there is no secret. There's a problem. Address it politely with your client. Make sure you have a fix for the problem. Don't just bring up a problem. Hey, Mr. Customer, you got this massive problem. See you later. That's not value. Bring up a problem, have a solution. That doesn't mean they're going to listen to your solution, by the way. But you have a solution, and they always remember that you have a solution. Whether they took your advice or not, reasonable people know, hey, Marty showed up, he told me not to do this, I did it anyway, now my car's you know, screwed up, we gotta go talk to Marty. <laughs> Marty knew this was gonna happen, Nick knew this was gonna happen, whoever. And so that kind of value really becomes priceless. You and I talked about off air, what's the value in that, in that exact example? And the value is it's actually priceless to that customer because they never ever would have thought of it and they'd have been in dog hair hell and had their vehicle torn up, which they didn't want. They weren't trying to tear their vehicle up. They just didn't know better. We provide a simple solution. We all wipe our hands and guess what? I'm guessing we have a guy for life. Now I know we have a guy for life because we've already been through tough times, tough economies with this person. They love us. But this is why these tiny things are things you need to bring up when you're talking to new people. Take these small things and say, let me give you an example of why we're priced the way we are. Bring up a real world example. Because as silly as it sounds, people do care about it. And I know as a consumer, I care about it. You know, I told you about, you know, one of my vendors here at my house. All I tell them to do is fix the problem, put it on the invoice at the end of the month. I'm not going to question you. we got a 10-year relationship. You've made my life easier. I love what you do. That's invaluable to me, okay? And if you start treating your business or your personal life that way, people start treating your business that way. There's too many guys that want people to treat you really well, yet they don't treat anybody well. You know, they, they, they find the cheapest landscaper. They find the, the, the cheapest T-shirt they can buy. You know, folks, you're also going to have to put some money out there on the street, so to speak, and actually value what other people do. And that'll come back around. And that's the last piece of advice I have on this is that you're on these forums and you're asking all the wrong questions most of the time. You're, you just don't know better. Pricing is never going away. Stop talking about it. It's not gonna go away. 
but also value isn't that hard to bring and simple things do bring value, whether you think so or not, because you have the knowledge, you don't value it very much when you have the knowledge, right? Like I didn't think it was rocket science to tell this guy to put a mat in his back with, with some seat covers and things like that that are made for dogs. It was new knowledge to him though, okay? So don't take for granted how you may know something and it can be life altering for this car owner and you could maybe drive home and go, why did they act so shocked? Well, they don't spend all their time looking at cars. They're an accountant. They just don't know any better. So that's, that's how you really do bring value in the long run. And guys that have been doing this a long time will tell you, the things you get appreciated for in this industry when you have a good clientele is never the stuff you think. Flawless paint, you're like, oh, I'm going to show up and we're going to have this coating and whatever. And then they're going to look at their format and go, man, that's really clean. It's like, oh, dude, I just spent 30 hours polishing this paint. <laughs> is that the worst? <laughs> <laughs> but that, that tells you about customers, man. You, you just don't know what people are going to value. So the simple stuff does matter because they are going to look at it. And here's the cool thing that I, I like of the story um, is, is we don't know, and let's, let's just outside looking in, we don't know what got you to that customer okay so let's put this in a in a in a perspective of somebody that's in the forum somebody that's a mobile detailer they get a phone call they're there servicing a customer here's where price shouldn't be the question on your mind it should be value of what gets me to a customer and then what opportunity do i have to provide even continual service to that customer while I'm there to maximize our relationship, which also means I take more profit at the same time. So you're there, you got a dog hair issue, you make a proposition in a sense to upsell and that led you down the road. And so we're not necessarily concerned about what got you there, but how can detailers take price and be there and make more at that time. We've talked before, detailers really need to learn how to sell. And yeah. uh, so what package was that? How did you, and we, you know, we're running- Well, this was, this was, a, time, yeah. That, but a real yeah. quick little snippet on, yeah. you know, that upsell opportunity. Yeah, this, so this is just a maintenance client. This guy's been with us, you know, look, we have hundreds of maintenance clients. And, this is just one of them. And we get there and we, you know, multiple weeks now, we had this issue we never had with dog hair. And it led to a conversation about, are we charging enough for dog hair removal? Now for most of our maintenance clients, we really don't have dog hair discussions. This doesn't become an issue. We're there every week and it just doesn't build up and there's no issue. And most of our clients aren't the type that want their dog in their car, to be very frank with you. Um, they have a certain pride to their car. They don't want dog hair everywhere. Uh, so what, what led to this is we'd already removed dog hair a few weeks prior. And it's like, now this is a problem. There's nothing wrong with the problem. That's an opportunity. So we come up with a price and say, hey, we're going to keep removing dog hair. And I'll just let everybody know. This was the dog hair on a level of, it was going to cost them 100 bucks a week to have it removed. I mean, I don't know what took place, but this dog, had hair everywhere and it took a long time to get out of there. I don't care what model you think you have, there's just some dog hair and some carpet that, that, that just doesn't interact. 
And the next part is we were going to get blamed for damaging the vehicle. So there's a self-preservation here too. We're seeing the carpet deteriorate quickly because Audi carpet is in the back is horrible. And now we're protecting ourselves as well as trying to help the client. There's a lot of things in the air here. So we, I had to tell him, I said, Hey, if we keep doing this, it's going to cost you a hundred dollars a week. Like this is on a level and all Mr. Customer, you're not going to have any carpet left. Like this is a problem. I didn't really do any selling, but tell the truth. Okay. That's what a lot of guys don't realize. Now, do you have to be a jerk when you tell the truth? No. And that's where guys really fail. Organize your thoughts. Easily put into perspective what you're seeing so you can explain it to the client. So here were the key points. The car was going to be ruined in the back if this kept going on. The dog hair was taking us a ton of time to get out of this carpet, and the carpet wasn't going to last much longer. Come up with a solution, which I had already called Audi and said, hey, what is your rubber matting or, you know, your weather tech type matting. It's not actually weather tech, but what you guys make. What's it cost? When can I come get it? How can I get it delivered? You know, all that. And then I had the conversation. My ducks being in a row allowed me to walk up to that customer and tell the flat out truth. Here's the truth, point by point by point, so it makes sense. Here's the solution. That is the opportunity. Too many guys get caught up in doing whatever detailing service they're doing. Then they get to the end and they're so exhausted that they rush through, you know, explaining things to the client. Well, guess what? Organize your thoughts. Make sure. And by the way, I tell young guys this all the time. Put it in writing. You know, whether you use, you know, like a, a mobile tech type thing, uh, you know, on an iPad and you type it out really quickly, whatever. That's also a form of upselling. Uh, if that person doesn't want to listen to you at the time, have a follow-up write-up, email it to them, leave it in the car, whatever it is you're set up for. It's, it's perfectly okay to just have to handwrite something, folks. Uh, we all start somewhere. You don't need to spend 200 bucks a month on something right out of the gate. Um, but I always tell people, organize your thoughts. And that's what led to it. And years and years and years of organizing my thoughts has led to years and years and years of profitability. Um, and I don't think guys realize how they come off when you're trying to speed through a problem, it just overwhelms the client. So I went to him with one problem. I made sure I had the solution. I had the dollar amounts fit, figured out. I had everything figured out prior to having the conversation. And that is the key to upselling. Just blurting things out, that doesn't work. Be polished and you're going to get a lot of upselling. And by the way, don't upsell stuff you don't believe in. That's the other thing. You know, this presented itself because the dog hair was everywhere. But there's plenty of guys that try to upsell, you know, cheap spray-on stuff. And, and, you know, oh, I'm only going to charge 10 bucks. Well, in the long run, it doesn't add up to much, okay? And most of you don't believe in that kind of stuff. You know, you'd rather do more high-end, you know, or, or what I would call more value to the customer. So don't chase small rabbits either. You know, um, when we upsell, we're really upselling. Um, we're getting a good dollar amount so guys can get paid and we can make money as a company. And so that's, we'll get into more how to upsell maybe in a different video, but it presents itself by being organized and realizing I got to speak to this person in an organized fashion to make things work for them, which then in turn makes things work for us. Cool. Well, I thought it was great info. Uh, and uh, I think this turned out to be a really good episode. So 
Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for your time. Uh, as always, helping young detailers and uh, putting out content free, right? No need to go yep. sign up for uh, some class. Uh, I think we'll probably get into that maybe uh, here pretty soon. Some yes. uh, false trainings that uh, we're starting to hear about where guys are wanting to come on to Real Talk and discuss yep. uh, these trainings that they have paid and uh, haven't really got much out of it. So <laughs> hey, thank you for yep. providing free content for uh, young yep. viewers to sit and uh, enjoy. Um, where do people find you if they want to connect? Uh, Vegas.rides. Facebook and Instagram. Uh, I do have a business Facebook page. I just don't have a personal one any longer uh, for those that remember what we said earlier. Uh, but um, Nick at VegasRides.com. We get a ton of emails. It seems like guys maybe want to put some questions in long form. That's cool too. Uh, anything you guys need, you know, you reach out to Marty and I. We are actually doing this to help. I realize, uh, you know, some guys don't agree with everything we say and that's cool. So you know, reach out. Let's talk about it. And, uh, you know, if you need something from us, you just let us know. Yeah, cool. All right, man. Thanks, Nick. Thanks as always. Yeah. Uh, have a great week. Talk soon. All right.